Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Well, hello. Hi. Hi. I won't mess up the day of the week this time, I promise, because last time I said it was Easter. Oh, God, but it, that threw me off so much. I know. Even when I listened to it, I was like, wait, what? I know. Same, because I just listened to it. I'm like, wait, Easter? Yeah. So today's yeah. Wednesday. It's just a regular Wednesday. Yeah. That this is coming out on. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. so Haley and I have a fun little conspiracy theory here. Yeah. We just discovered this. Which, like, We think... <laughs> somebody's out to get us i think so do you want to go first okay yours I'll, happened a day before mine so you go first. yeah mine happened okay so we're actually recording this on a thursday so like it this happened two days ago on tuesday mm-hmm. um luke and i um in the morning he got a message from his brother to borrow the car and then um luke has like an app on his phone that connects to his car so it like tells like when there needs to be like an oil change or whatever or like anything like that so he got a notification it must have been like as soon as the car started yeah it seemed like time wise that tire pressure was low in one of the tires and he's like that's weird and then he just like didn't think about it again i took the car out for like 15 minutes and got home and saw the on the dash the tire the low tire pressure of the back left tire and I'm like, oh, yeah, Luke got a notification about this this morning. I should check it out. Yeah. Everything seemed fine while I was driving it. But I once I parked, I got out of the car and I go to the back left wheel and there's a screw in the tire. And so I took a picture and I went to Luke and I told him, obviously, he was like, it's, it's just a super inconvenient thing. Yeah. To happen. Right. It um, really is. It, it's actually so it inconvenient. sucks. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we got that handled and whatever and it's all fine. <laughs> but I get here today. Thursday. Thursday. And right when Haley arrives, I'm like, oh, my God, sorry. I'm so behind on everything. Like, you know, just right when, you know, I thought things were looking up and my schedule is clearing up. You know, my mother-in-law goes out to borrow my car yesterday, as in Wednesday. And Drew had already taken the car to and from work, like driven up and down our driveway. Totally fine. Nothing wrong. But my mother-in-law goes to pull out of the driveway. And I'm like, wow, that something sounds wrong. And then like three minutes later, she messages me going, oh, you have a flat tire and it looks like there's a screw in the back left tire. So she comes back and I'm like, oh, that's really like annoying. Like now I'm going to have to deal with this thing. And it's like totally fucked up my whole night. And like Drew's like, you got to call like a mechanic, get it fixed. Like, la, la, la. So and Becky's telling me the story and I'm like I have my hand like covering my mouth like <laughs> in pure horror. Yeah, and I'm like relax, it's fine. We're just going to we have to just fix the flat tire and get it patched. It's fine. And she's like, "No, the same thing just happened to me." The day before. The day before. How strange. That's too much of a coincidence. Like we said it's like someone else driving the car that wouldn't normally yeah like a person who doesn't normally use our cars used it all of a sudden there's a screw we have no idea if it happened like the monday night when we pulled in it Mm. could have happened we turned the car off or if it was the tuesday morning it does we have no idea but it's just it's interesting that both like in both situations yeah it's that and then it's the back left tire and it's a screw it's not like anything else yeah 
It's so weird. So strange. Because, yeah. like, in the, like, what, 45 years we've known each other, that's never happened. 45 years. I'm like, <laughs> honestly, for, like, a split second, I'm like, am I that old? Sometimes I just don't even know how old I am. Yeah, I forget. And I but, feel like a grandma. But we've known each other but, forever. And yeah. how often do we, like, on the same week alone, both get a flat tire from the same cause? I don't think that's ever happened no. to me. I mean, it's it's Luke's car, but, like, I don't think it's ever Still. happened to one of my cars or no whatever maybe it's happened to my parents at some point in their life but like it's it's not super abnormal but it doesn't happen all the time yeah so i don't know guys someone's out to get us i think so what if it's like jasmine oh fuck because we talked so much shit i know we did or like maybe jeremy's out damn it no he's not out no 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 No, he's not they wouldn't let let that stink you what if ed kemper sent someone to get us oh that reminds me about the co-ed thing oh yeah oh yeah i have that right here go yeah. ahead talk about so it so i i did like i said in the, in the ed kemper episode where i'm like you know things you just wonder about you never look up okay so i looked it up so okay i was wondering if you looked it up or if someone actually reached out to you no i looked it up um <laughs> nobody reached nobody out to us, to us. Unusual. <laughs> um you you're right like when you said that it's used to refer to like college students who are women okay because basically what it was is that like uh, decades and decades ago when women weren't allowed to go to university and it was just men um when once they opened universities up to women and they were allowed to go they were called co-eds because like they would be referred to as a co-ed because even though like the word co-ed means both men and women only the women would be referred to as co-eds because like if you said that it was just assumed that you're talking about a woman because before then if you just said university student it was assumed that it was a man because they were only men in university ah so then it's like university student but then women are there so like the co-eds meaning like they've they're the reason why it's made this co-ed so they're the co-eds so basically like the source i was reading was like it's just a super dated term for female college students yeah yeah whatever and so obviously i kemper was like what do we say the 70s yeah so that makes sense that like women yeah at universities or colleges back then would just be called co-ed yeah and that's what it is but we are also correct in saying that like our co-ed gym classes were co-ed men and girls and boys right like that term actually means both it's just it was used only to describe women at that time makes sense yeah anyways that's just like i can sleep at night now yeah so that's the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) all right bye guys see ya (laughs) All right. Well, okay. I have in my notes here, just so everyone knows what's going on with us. This is a big week for both of us mm. because we're both going on vacation. Woo. And when this airs, Haley, you'll already be on vacation. I will. And and I'll be just one day away from joining you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so yeah, we're visiting one of our freaking super awesomest best friends out in BC who just moved, just juiced. She's, I've already she's I've already, juiced she's just juiced up <laughs> she just moved there is what I was trying to say um yeah so we're gonna go visit her uh, also like slightly selfishly yeah. like this is mine and Drew's first like solo vacation if oh. that makes sense because like we, whenever we've flown anywhere it's been with his entire family whenever we like go on vacation like it's with his family well like we've done camping before but there's always been like other people even this vacation like you guys are there that's true yeah (laughs) yeah it's not even like you guys alone like us flying there at least alone we're gonna be like yay couples vacation i don't don't think luke and i have either unless you include 
like when I was going to school in Scotland and like COVID happened and he like flew over to get me. Okay, that was so romantic. But (laughs) he was like already planning on coming because we were going to have a vacation. Yeah, and then it got ruined. It wasn't a vacation. (laughs) It was packing up my apartment. Trapped in your small dorm. Like (laughs) trying to get out of the country. (laughs) Um it wasn't super relaxing. But I guess we have technically traveled together alone. Yeah, Drew and I have traveled a lot together. It's just like yeah. we've either done like a long ass road trip, like in the vehicle with mm-hmm. other people, you know. And then that's so yeah, exciting. And though. then we're gonna get there though, and we're just gonna be instantly smothered by you guys. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. You have a problem with that? No, no, no. <laughs> I just, I don't. I actually don't think Drew knows what he's getting himself into. No, he has no idea. I think he's trying to like play like dumb because he knows what he's getting himself into. But he's like, okay, if I just put up with it, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be so much chaotic energy. I feel like, even though we all sort of just saw each other like not recently, but like a we, month. We ago, always act like we haven't seen each other. It doesn't matter whether it's been a day or it's been a month or it's been a year. Like I feel like we just have the same energy. Yeah, and, and we're all just so freakishly obsessed with one another yeah. <laughs> like it's it's bad sorry we, drew we should move on yeah sorry i'm not sorry at all you're he, gonna have he so knows. much fun he yeah he actually will he's gonna have a good time oh he's gonna have a great time yeah so let's move on let's move on <laughs> if you're listening to this today on wednesday and you're not a patron well then you fucking missed out we had our bonus episode that happened live last night tuesday night and you know that happened live for all of our patrons so basically go sign up so you don't miss out on the fun stuff going forward yeah yeah speaking of patrons we have two new minions to add yeah so we're gonna shout them out this week fuck yeah yeah welcome to the super awesomest cult of super cool people jenna hi jenna hi hello you're officially as cool as us thanks for joining you're officially our new best friend you're in the second you're in you're in we will if you want us to come hide a body for you you give us a call. Oh, I forgot we committed to that. I know. Oh, shit. I know. We really got to like keep up with it, though. I'm really... I've gotten a few requests, but it like schedules just haven't lined oh, up oh, yet. Oh, a few. Okay. Yeah. I was so say, we'll have I'm, to get to them. I'm really glad no one's tried to cash in on that. Oh, no, they have for you. A few, eh? a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You got to like use code words and messages, though. So if you if you message me pineapple, I know what it means. Oh, my. I'm God. kidding. Don't, You've don't done fucking, it now. Nobody messaged me that. <laughs> this is all a huge joke. But welcome, Jenna. We're really happy to have you. And yes, thank you. Thank you. Your support means the world. Taco, do not chew on that cord cake. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry if you guys can hear that. Taco just decided she was going to silence Haley forever and started <laughs> chewing on her cord. Bite on my cord. Which is great because now we have two minions to help us pay for new cords. <laughs> we just decided we need a new one right now. Yep. Yep. It just happened. Becky's another cat got hungry. <laughs> we have another huge welcome. And, and this might be an extra special one. I don't know. Welcome, Mike Barnett. Oh, it might be an extra special. It's definitely. It is an extra this special is, one. So first we, we have like a little slight, you know, jab to do here. Megan, your husband has signed up to be a garbage person minion with <laughs> with us and you haven't signed up yet? Come on. He's showing you up. I know. I mean. He, like this is next level like husbandry right here. Yeah. Mike, we love you. <laughs> thank you we love you thank you we love you um yeah so megan if you're listening mike actually agreed to divorce you and marry us instead <laughs> for anyone else that's listening this is our best friend's husband <laughs> yeah. and yeah so welcome welcome welcome, welcome. to the group welcome welcome. welcome welcome <laughs> Thanks, welcome guys. welcome yeah thank you awesome um, so exciting what else do we got coming up next week Haley's got a really 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 good halloween case 
I'm actually oh like God, really don't excited. Don't hype about it up it. so much. It fucking sucks. You guys are gonna hate it. I'm just trying to be really nice it's, to it's her. It's it's an okay episode. Keep your expectations mediocre, and then yeah. hopefully you're just pleasantly surprised. Like I think it's good. Okay, Taco, you gotta you gotta get <laughs> out of here. Just like literally like launch her. <laughs> um, we also have creepy freaky listener stories coming up. Yeah. It's good. Oh, it's good, guys. We it's recorded good. it. It's really good. We just, yeah, we finished it like moments before recording this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. We got some really good ones. Lots of variety. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Really good stuff. I think that's about it for updates. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's fucking jump into this case. So obviously you've already read the title of who we're covering, but I'm going to pretend like you don't know yet yeah we just talked about this about how we like people try, are really so annoyed we like try to do a big reveal and then completely forget that the title of the episode is who we're, co- is who Maybe we're covering we should start make it like make start make it i start making it a little bit more like secretive taco honestly this is just enough <laughs> this is enough so this week we're covering the evil she bat herself gertrude banishevsky oh, okay that's what her last i it was i did look it up phonetically to make sure i was accurate and i was like i think it's something polish i was it is and then ski at the end and it's long yeah (laughs) i had to look it up phonetically and like have it played out because i was like i could be wrong in pronunciation like i had assumed it was beneshevsky that sounds and i could still be pronouncing it wrong like so again to all of my polish buddies out there my apologies so sorry also, I'm sorry that she's like lumped into this category. So she fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. She's just non-human. That's what she is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You inhuman shit. So yeah, now for anyone who's already heard, he knows this case, knows that she's a flaming. I put a flaming file of shit, but flaming pile works too. <laughs> <laughs> Stacked on top of another shit. And yeah. for anyone who doesn't know this case, that's basically all you need to know about her. Uh, so her name's Gertrude. I'll probably I will be shortening it to Gert just because Gertrude's a mouthful. Fair enough um she's she's known as the torture mother yeah 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 i mean that doesn't indicate what kind of episode this is gonna be i don't know it will (laughs) i'm also gonna mention this now because this is what i'm notorious for completely leaving out where this took place i'm just gonna say it now because i'm sure i will not mention it again uh but this all takes place in indianapolis indiana okay Okay. Just because I know I'm probably not even going to bring it up again because I always gloss over the location details and yeah. Also, one thing I will point out is because this case is just like stupidly detailed and so long and so hard, I don't go into a lot of the trial. That's fair. Because there's so many players involved yeah. that it would be like – that going into the trial would be a separate episode in itself yeah. and maybe we'll do that as a bonus one day down the road. But like – Yeah, if people want it, like if there's ever a – case where there's a part we just yeah. can't cover because it's going to be like three hours long or whatever then just let us know like message us be like hey could you cover the trial in like a oh, bonus yeah. episode or something if people but, want a trial episode yeah i've, I've got the info i've had to For slim sure. it down to 30 pages though so and that's without <laughs> the trial so oh my gosh i know i'm sure i'm gonna try and i'm gonna plow 30 through pages it. i'm my apologies 29 Oh, okay. How many pages was Ed Kemper? Oh, fuck. Because we did it in three parts. I would say it was probably like... I don't, I don't even know. I can't do math. Oh, you know what? You, I don't make my font as big as yours. I think that's why I... I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I expand like, it because otherwise... Mine are I like would... between 10 and 15 or something. And I'm like, oh, gosh. That's but that's because you know how to read. Yeah, I guess so. 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> like, I see, if I'm reading something, I like it to be small print. No, I just... But because I yeah, have to read I and talk... I forgot that you, you made your... And I was, like, really nervous. I'm like, this is going to be a three-hour episode. How does she not break the time? <laughs> so, because it's... Yeah, it's because I double space it so that it's easier for me to follow along, even mm-hmm, though I still fuck mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. up. But... prior to spacing it out and making the font like 47 point it was like i don't know 15 pages or something like it was still probably one of my longest singular cases yeah no fair enough so let's before we ramble on for five hours let's fucking get into it so i'm gonna start with gertrude's gert's background first you already checking the time to see No, I just, I <laughs> got, like, she's already taking too long. <laughs> I got a text message from a friend about the podcast and that's why I was like, oh, how oh, convenient. <laughs> I want to read that on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Was it pertinent it, to this episode? Uh, all I can read is I'm loving this black and red murder dot, dot, dot. So <laughs> I, I don't know what okay. it's because <laughs> okay. I haven't opened my phone. It's okay. We're good. Well, you know what? We'll address it after. We'll save it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So Gert was born on September 19th, 1929. The exact date of her birthday was also, for whatever reason, hard to narrow down. Everything either just said September 20, 1929 or like random different dates. The most consecutive one I found was the 19th. Well, sort. that's what I, um, the guy I was telling you about yeah. that I'm going to do. I couldn't even... It literally was only the year. The year. I know. Some people, it's like, where is your dirt? I mean, was born in like the 30s, but like, it's literally just like 1932. Like, no one even knows the month. And that's the thing is like, I don't think records were kept well back then. Like, I know it wasn't like that long ago. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So she was born as Gertrude Nadine Van Fossen. Okay. Her her middle name comes back later. Write that down. Nadine. Okay. Uh, It's really not that important. Don't... (laughs) It's not at all. It's not going to be on the test. So, no. I know. I hand out homework, don't I? <laughs> so, I tried to find her parents' names, but for whatever reason, this is impossible to find, because probably because they were born in the 1800s. <laughs> um, yeah. So, sorry about it. Um, sorry, what year was she born? 1929. Okay, got it. Got it. Am I wrong in saying the 1800s? No, no, no. That's why I just... No, you're right. I okay, just, I was like... I, I just don't fucking know. Wanted to, um, I, I wanted to make sure I knew where I was. Okay. <laughs> So she was the third kid of what would eventually be six children altogether, like her siblings. So in total, she had five siblings. There is not a lot known about her younger years, like prior to age, like, I don't know, whatever, like her youngest years. Just kind of like a mild overview of things. But um, one thing was for certain, though, in every article, book and piece of research I dug up was that she was a serious daddy's girl. She spent just about every minute she could with her father this actually had caused some tension between her and her mother, um, which to begin with, Gert and her mom were already noted as having a pretty like intense relationship. Um, surprise, surprise, another murderous, shitty human being with mommy issues. This comes back to play in like literally yeah. fucking everything. I'd love to find a case where it's like, no, um, they were fine. <laughs> no mommy issues. <laughs> but yeah, here they are. So... Um, yeah, this is just a serious fucking trend I'm, we're catching on to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, with Gert, like, intentionally spending more and more time with her, um, with her dad, Gert's mom was kind of, like, perceiving this as a threat for whatever reason. Um, the family's noted as not being, like, the most well-off family, because I guess this was around, like, the Great Depression time. Right. Um, so within the family, the only real, like, currency that was commonly noted in all of, like, my research um 
was attention. Like it wasn't like they could like buy food to treat their kids or buy right. like presents. It was like you kind of earned attention. Okay. Amongst all of the siblings that were kind of like fighting to like be healthy, I guess, would be the best way of swinging it. Okay. Yeah. Like that was like their main form of like, I don't know, reward for anything was just attention from their parents. Sure. Okay. Strange. I, this is just what I had read consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the kids, it sounds like all kind of fought for attention from their parents, um, which is like really sad. Uh, so Gert's mom began to be like really cold and distant with her uh, because of like the relationship with the father. Like I think because Gert's mom saw it as like a threat, she just kind of was like, I don't want to be around you. This is, like, almost, like, the clearest example of, like, the Oedipus complex I've ever heard in my life. Right? Oh, my God. As far as, well, I know it's sort of, it's, like, the child wants to kill the mother, but, like, because they're they're jealous, but, like, it's it's, it's still there. It's It's still very there. Yeah, it's odd. I don't like it. It's weird. But, so, whenever Gert's father wasn't home, it's noted as saying that Gert's mom didn't really speak to her or, like... I don't know, she'd create even more of a cold atmosphere whenever the father wasn't home. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time that she would spend talking to Gert was to like apparently bark orders or insults at her, but mainly just kind of like actively ignored her altogether. So with Gert's siblings, they actually caught on to the disdain between Gert and their mom. So they started to view her differently as the rest of them. And they all kind of just joined in and sided with their mom so they kind of like assisted in isolating Gert even further not like including her in like sibling activities or conversations or anything like that just being pretty cold and distant to her and this also led to some bullying at school because they kind of took this with them when they would go to school so like the kids from school would be like well all of her siblings are ganging up on her she must not be cool yeah which like that would happen that's terrible so this caused obviously further isolation which like as we all know isn't great for a kid's development now normally i'd say yeah i feel bad for her but no i know i know but i'm i'm thinking about gertrude as the child yes gertrude as, as the, the child woman. i'm so sorry because this actually does sound awful and also like siblings should stick together i know i'm sorry but like well you hear later on that gertrude's children all stick together as siblings yeah yeah in a pretty horrendous way yep, yep for sure but so her may- siblings should be ashamed yes yes i agree i agree screw them fuck it <laughs> fuck them you created her possibly yeah yeah she, i think she's kind of like a product of her environment but well, many many things of course right but i don't yeah. think that helped no no god no you, do you know a lot about this case? I've listened to a podcast episode about it. Okay. Remember I said about the, that's how I heard about the movie, mm. which I haven't watched. I have not either. Because I'm terrified. I'm terrified to watch now it. Now that I do know the full details, I don't think I could. Because there were certain things I read that I felt sick to my stomach. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. So I have heard it, but it was probably like two years ago. Okay. So I remember, I think more the, the emotions i felt yeah. listening to it as opposed to like the details yeah well i'm gonna make you feel those emotions again super stoked all right i know go. i know right okay so <laughs> because they had grown up during like the great depression um this is kind of like what led to her father having a lot of issues finding and keeping jobs and earning money for the family and when he'd go through rough patches of like not being able to find work and whatnot he would turn to drinking whenever they did have money Uh, which naturally Gert's mom blamed all of his failings on her for some reason. 
Makes zero sense to me, but that's just apparently what had happened. On on Gertrude? Yep. Okay. Who was like under the age of 11 at this point. Yeah. Like, I, yeah oh, it's your 10-year-old daughter's right? fault? For that's, your that's father why I literally was like, I have no fucking drunk. reason. <laughs> right? So in 1940, when Gert was 11 years old, she was spending some time with her father in the kitchen at the table. And he was apparently listening to her practice her reading when he suddenly fell over um, out of his chair on the way down. He had hit his head on the side of the table and eventually fallen to the ground uh, with like a little bit of pool of blood under his head from hitting it on the table. Gertrude naturally freaked out and yelled for him to stop messing around. Um, This noise called Gertrude's mother into the room while all of her siblings were apparently like peering through the door to see what was going on. When Gertrude's mom saw him laying on the ground, she looked at Gertrude and said, what did you do? Oh. They obviously quickly called a doctor and it turns out her father had had a heart attack and which this had taken his life. So Gert had hoped that her father's passing might actually improve the relationship between her and her mother but it did the exact opposite oh no this is when gertrude's mother began beating her now that her father wasn't around to break that tension between them and act as like a a barrier Mm because before it was just like verbal insults and just like overall tone but now she was able to kind of act out physically well i'm sure that her father being fond of her like wouldn't have let that happen yeah no exactly um she was also constantly blamed for her father's death again i have no idea how an 11 year old would cause that (laughs) no i mean unless she's got some freakish powers then fuck yeah so a, a little bit of time had passed with you know some sibling ridicule bullying at school hatred at home from her mother Gertrude's about 15, 16, and boys from school are starting to become interested in her. I mean, looking at images of her more closer to present day, God knows why, but maybe she was attractive back then. Um, And because the only attention she'd ever received before this was from her father. So naturally, she became more interested in older men who would give her attention. Right. Like anyone just older than her, it was like, oh, this is like, you're like my father type thing. Yeah. You know, the age old story. (laughs) Yeah. So she starts dating this dude who at the time was two years older than her, um, which this uh, upsets Gert's mother even more because she's just like, now you're just being a little floozy. (laughs) So at 16, Gertrude decides to move out of her family home, drops out of school and marries 18 year old John Banaszewski. The couple went on to have four children together almost immediately. Just popped them all out, eh? Well, like, not all at the same time, but yeah. <laughs> Almost immediately, four children disappeared. Yeah, they just, like, woke up one morning and they were like, where does this batch of kids come from? <laughs> the litter. <laughs> oh, a whole swarm of them. Um, yeah, so after this, they had gone on to be married for about 10 years. But John is noted, noted as having an extremely violent temper and would frequently beat Gertrude for simply annoying him. That's not fucking cool. No. So it's common knowledge in Gert's history that John had um, essentially just wanted like a submissive wife who who he could like control and basically just use to make children with, clean up and be a homemaker, which like sounds kind of on par with the timing that all of this took place in. Yeah. But I mean, just this is like what late for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just like much worse than what other people were experiencing with this, because like most people was just like, yeah, I want to stay at home wife. Yeah. And like for the time sure like that makes sense but like 
she was being beaten pretty regularly. Yeah. And I think that there's probably, it's probably safe to say that there were a lot of men at that time that wanted that, of course, because that was the mm-hmm. norm. But if they married someone and they were maybe not as submissive as they wanted to, there are lots of men out there that wouldn't be brutally beating their wives for it. Exactly. Like they might be unhappy. But they would just be... probably adjust to it. Yeah. Or love them anyways. I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> what is that? So it is. It is noted that John wouldn't beat Gert when she was pregnant or just after giving birth. That's that was noted in all of the resources I found. Which you know what? Good for you, John, for you know taking a break from beating your wife. Gosh, yeah. I mean, like you're obviously a piece of shit, but at least yeah. you didn't like endanger the baby. I, I guess. just. I don't even know. It sounds like an extremely toxic relationship. We'll get to the series. Yeah. Of, yeah. Um, but when he would beat her, he would often give her serious head injuries that would leave her dizzy and disoriented for days and often leaving her so bruised she couldn't even go to the nearby market for food for days on end. Their relationship after the birth of their fourth child, um, it obviously started to come unraveled from this point and it led to a divorce. She had never considered divorce before because, again, at the time, uh, divorce was one of those things that was, like, frowned upon. Oh, hugely. Like, yeah, yeah, it just, like, immediately was like, oh, you cannot be divorced. Yeah. But she had caught wind of another woman in her neighborhood who, who she was divorcing her husband. So she thought, okay, this is cool. If she can do it, so can I. So the next time she, quote, unquote, annoyed him and he went to raise a fist to her, she screamed, I want a divorce. And apparently he froze. By the next week after that incident of him freezing and not hitting her by what she had said, she had papers filed, filled out, and and fully ready to go, and John didn't contest to it whatsoever. Gert had won full custody custody of all four children. Wow. So. Okay. I I don't know. That surprises me. Like, just from what you said about this guy, I thought he would have put up a fight, but. I want to pause here before we move on with her story. Um, because it gets bad and we immediately stop feeling sorry for her. But I just want to pause here because this is like a serious subject. Now we all know, and everyone knows by the end of this episode, that Gert is the she-devil who doesn't deserve any type of kindness. But I'm going to say this. If this is where her story stopped, that's fucking hardcore. So many people struggle for years and years without escaping violent relationships and abusive partners. So for her to build up the courage and demand a divorce in a time that it wasn't like normal to do... And then actually follow through with it is incredible. Yeah, it's very commendable. This is something we want all of our listeners to know. And just anyone really who's struggling in an abusive relationship, you're not alone. We believe you and we're here for you if you need anything. Please get help. I can't say it enough. If you're listening and you're someone who's experiencing this type of abuse from a partner, pack your shit up and leave. Just go anywhere else because being at home with that is not good. You deserve so much better. This should not be anyone's life. No one deserves this level of violence in their life. And we'll link several resources in our show notes for anyone who is seeking help. We also will be putting resources on our website once we get that going for anyone struggling. Yeah. If you're in immediate need for help from a violent partner, I'm about to read out a hotline right now that you can call as well as a number you can text for support. Here they are. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. That's 1-800-799-7233. The text line for this same resource is text the word START to 88788. 
If you ever simply just need a friend to talk to, literally never hesitate to DM or email us. We'll always answer you and we're always here to help support and help you smile in any way possible. That's all for that serious little bit there. Just felt it really necessary to... Yeah, yeah. It's a really heavy subject. Yeah. So I didn't want to make light of that part at all. of course not. Because it's not... We never want to make light of something that's it's where it's completely not appropriate, of course. We always yeah. try to be tasteful with our humor and everything, but that's not something to laugh at, and we mean it. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. we either have been through it ourselves or know somebody who's been through something like this, mm-hmm. and it's not an experience anyone should have to face. No. Or at least have to face alone. There's someone out there to help you. So now we can get back into Gert's story and hopefully make fun of her for what she goes on to do and be a shitty person. Yeah, she's a terrible person. She is a terrible person. I don't think the abuse that she experienced with her husband caused this at all. I think I think it's something else. Because this is just We yeah, we will discuss for sure. Yeah. Yeah, she's it's there's a lot to this story. There's for sure. a lot to unpack here. Like I don't even know. Yeah. I have so many mixed emotions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she successfully divorced John. And just a few short months later, Gert found a new man. This new this man's name was uh, Edward Guthrie, who very quickly became her husband. The relationship wasn't really that no- noteworthy. It was really quick, whirlwind kind of relationship, meeting and marrying after only a few months. And when Ed filed for a divorce against Gert, due to being annoyed and tired of having her four children around all the time, uh, from marriage to divorce, the relationship only lasted about a year. But I needed to mention it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So after this divorce with Edward, she bumped into John again. Just after her marriage ended, they really quickly rekindled their flame. I don't know what flame they had. Okay. Side note, please never go back to your abusers. It's never a good thing. They never change and you cannot change them. So they rekindled things, quickly got back together and remarried. This time they had two more children. Jeez. They lasted okay. about seven more years together before divorcing again permanently, this time in 1963. So that's where we're at now. Okay. So now Gert's roughly 37-ish. She began dating and had moved in with 23-year-old Dennis Lee Wright. That's quite an age gap. Yeah. 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 Tw- 23 is pretty young to be. Yeah, 23. Yeah, okay. And she was 30. 37 at the time. Seven? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Dennis, unfortunately, also abused Gertrude pretty relentlessly. She had become pregnant with Dennis twice and having one miscarriage with him. It was suspected by like a few doctors that the miscarriage was a result of an altercation with Dennis, which is so fucking sad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The one child that they did have together, his name was Dennis Jr. And this is Gert's last child, totaling her children at seven. And Gertrude did experience in her lifetime a total of six miscarriages in her life, which is also super fucking sad. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot. Miscarriages can, like, do a lot to your mental health, which I think plays into what happens to her and the way she behaves later. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the toll she, she had her body go through plays a huge factor. In her, her, like, mental state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Her kids' names, I don't have any of their, like, ages or anything like that. Um, her kids, in order, I believe, from eldest to youngest, is Paula, Stephanie, John, Shirley, Marie, James, and Dennis Jr. So Dennis Jr. is the only child of Gertrude's who had the last name of Wright. All of the other children had the last name of Banishevsky. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully I got 
the kids' names and everything all accurate because it's hard to find their information. Yeah, because yeah. I'm assuming they're, most of them were minors. Most of them the were. Time. I think I think four of them were, and I think three of them technically weren't. Okay. We'll get in there, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so shortly after Dennis Jr. was born, her husband Dennis at the time uh, had simply just abandoned her and just disappeared. She was kind of stuck after he left. He was like the sole income earner for the family. She had seven kids under her care. Yeah. She had been abused her entire life by men now, like past husbands. And and her mom. And her mom. Yeah. (laughs) She's just not really sure what to do at this point. And now, like, obviously this is no excuse at all for what's to come. That's not what I'm implying. I'm just kind of setting the stage for why Gert kind of ends up behaving the way she does and what maybe plays into the, you know, role of her being an evil monster. So she was surviving and supporting her kids mainly by like the occasional child support check that she might receive from John, who was super unreliable with sending them. She'd do odd jobs around the town whenever she had the time and resources to. She would go and babysit kids like from town. Um... She'd also do people's laundry or like yard work for cash. So that's kind of how she made money for a little while. Okay. Things are starting to like escalate a little bit more heavily for Gert. Um, her eldest teenage daughter at the time, who was roughly 17, I believe, Paula, um, had become pregnant with a fling she had had with a middle-aged married man, married man from town. Okay. So this really, really tightened the already very tight purse strings for the family. Okay. Because now Gertrude's thinking, like, fuck, now my daughter's pregnant. Like, I'm going to have to support her through yeah. the, not only the pregnancy, which is expensive with paying for doctor's bills, etc., but also now having to care for a baby when this baby eventually comes into the house. Like, yeah, babies are not cheap. Fuck no. Oh, my god. Oh, my God, no. You need, like, no, that's just so expensive. So that, I can see where she's coming from of, like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, this just doubled, too. quadrupled my expenses. And obviously, like, nobody in that moment really is excited when their teenage daughter comes home having a pregnancy from an affair, essentially. Yeah. Like, that alone would probably give her, like, a bad name in town because everything's about image back then, right? Of course. So, another thing to note is that around this time, Gertrude had started to become pretty ill. She stopped taking care of herself, specifically, like, her personal hygiene. I... That's just like the first thing. I think naturally most women do stop taking care of themselves when they have even one child. The kid comes first. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't blame her for this aspect at all because she's trying to do her best to take care of these kids. And I think everything just dwindled from here on out. So she's stopping caring for her personal hygiene. She had like a long list of ailments that all went on untreated because she couldn't afford health care. And it also kind of seemed for a little while like she didn't really care to get these things looked at. Okay. This is when her like mental state's kind of just like gone to shit. And she's just like, it does nothing fucking matters anymore. She's out there. She's done. Mm -hmm. She smoked constantly. Smoking is not good. So. And I mean, it's also an expense. It's an expense. And it's also like, you know what? Having the occasional smoke, do your thing. I'm not here to give anybody life lessons. No, I have no judgment. Yeah. But she's noted as being like a chain smoker. Like no cigarette ever not in her hand so like and that does take a toll on your body oh hugely yeah i mean it's just like that's just known and all and like i said again too it's like it's not cheap 
as like a regular habit, but if it's like a heavy habit, yeah, that's and you probably, have no money, that's like a, just exactly. another thing, right? So it was it was so constant that it was noted in one of the books that I read that literally anything within the household that was once white was now yellow. Oh. And that nothing white ever even stood a chance in there because there was just a plume of smoke lingering so much so that there was like a layer of fog all the time. Okay. That's like yeah. what I read where it was like just generally hazy in there from how much smoke. Oh. Also, too, we find out later that a lot of the kids had begun, gun, sorry, begun smoking as well. I would, I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Especially at that time. And this back is what, then, like the 60s, right? Like yeah. Everybody smoked. Everybody smoked. It was like, you turn eight and here's your first cigarette. Yeah. Like, seriously. That's, honestly, like I've heard stories where it's like people mm-hmm. like, oh, I had my first smoke when I was like six. And it's like. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. That was yeah. normal back then. Yeah. Like, man, times have changed. Think about it now. There's like eight year olds that are like vaping and stuff. And I'm like, bro, you're going <laughs> to. That's oh, not good. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, Yeah she she had like a lot of issues in relation to her smoking obviously um they couldn't really afford a lot of food like at all Mm -hmm. so she had lost a considerable amount of weight to the point that her hairline was starting to recede her bones were becoming more prominent and her face was becoming more like sunken in um there's a quote from the one book that i got a lot of my notes from that she kind of looked like a skeleton who was just stuffed into a skin suit that was too small oh my god i know I know when I That's read that. That's a really I, vivid like I know, image. But like when you do see pictures of oh, her, yeah. it's exactly what she looks like. Yeah. Yeah. She also at the time kept Dennis's last name. I don't know if that was like legally or if she just like said it. Um, but it was mainly for appearances and for respect in town because she didn't want um, to have the appearance of a woman who had been abandoned by her spouse and couldn't fend for herself anymore. Right. So she would like introduce herself as like Gertrude Wright. Yeah, because then Mrs. would Ray. maybe just assume that he's still around, but he's like away on business or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so now let's get into how Sylvia Likens factors into the story. Sylvia Likens is the poor victim of this case, and it's it's just extremely tragic what happens to her. Yeah. Um, this is this was at the time noted by numerous news outlets everywhere and probably still to date i'd imagine as quote the single worst crime perpetrated against an individual in indiana's history yeah 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 when we start talking about some of the shit that happens i think pretty much anybody can agree with that so let's get into how sylvia and her younger sister enter the household so the Banishevsky home became kind of like a hangout spot um, for all like the kids from school. Since there were so many sibling, siblings amongst like the Banishevsky family, ranging in all ages, they kind of just like congregated there out on like the yard and whatnot. Their house was fucking disgusting, mm-hmm. like garbage everywhere, like literally just like garbage everywhere, grossness all over the place. This obviously didn't really phase the other kids from town who came to hang out because kids don't care about that stuff. Why would they? Yeah, I guess right. not. Yeah. yeah. Sounds so. horrifying to me, but <laughs> maybe you just couldn't see it through the haze of thick smoke. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I think that might be it. Yeah. Probably covered the stench too. Yeah. It just smells like smoke. It looks like smoke. Yeah. Just pretended yeah. smoke. It's actually just like garbage fumes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Ugh, disgusting. Yeah. Whenever I like read stuff like explaining about how gross the house was, I was just like, oh my god, I can't, I can't. Like I just ugh. Yeah, it gives me chills. Ew. 
So, but with all the commotion at the house, Paula, who again was pregnant at this time, roughly about three months pregnant and successfully hiding it from friends, um, she often needed like a little bit of an escape from the house. Yeah, because it's fucking disgusting and hectic as fuck. Yeah. Um, she she notes that at this time her her mom Gert was having a complete nervous breakdown, which like at the time I don't really blame her. Like I mean you have like no money, you have seven kids, the kids always have your friends over, you can't find work. Like yeah, I'd probably have a fucking nervous breakdown too. Yeah, it just sounds like a shit show. Yeah. Um, but the house was like so gross. The list just kind of goes on. So because of like all of this. Um, she, she spent some time with her friend, um, in the neighborhood. Her name's, uh, Darlene McGuire. She lived like relatively close. Like I want to say walking distance is from what I understood from all of my research. Darlene had introduced Paula Banaszewski to her two neighbors named Sylvia Marie Likens, who at the time was 16 and Jenny Likens, who was 15. Jenny used braces to walk due to polio. Um, I'm actually like not entirely sure, like what happens to your body with polio do you know i should have looked into this mm, but no, it, it I, affected I her don't. walking yeah because i was reading in a book about a case we're gonna do later about <laughs> later about a guy who had polio as a child and then as an adult he had a limp so i don't know if yeah it must do something to like your actual like the mechanics of your body like yeah, your mobility maybe it just like makes your muscles atrophy or something it must maybe depend on how severe it is too or yeah. if you can or like how young you get it I, I don't know so that was the introduction of sylvia and jenny so paula had invited the girls sylvia and jenny over to like their house to hang out drink some pop and listen to some records um the lichen sisters mother whose name was Betty, at the time was in county jail. She had been arrested for shoplifting, meaning this left Sylvia in charge of taking care of her sister Jenny. Betty had also recently left their father, whose name was Lester. Um, Everything I'd read made it sound like she had kidnapped the kids from Lester. Like the wording was always like, essentially kidnapping the children. So I don't think... I don't think this was like with Lester's approval. I think Betty had just taken the kids run off and started shoplifting and then got caught and And got herself arrested yeah so um and then basically they were just kind of stranded after this staying in the house i'm not sure exactly like how long they were just like there by themselves for um but when paula banaszewski heard about sylvia and jenny's situation she said well why don't you come stay at my place for the night the next day Lester comes back to town. So I think it was like a relatively quick turnaround. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And he's trying to track down Betty and his kids. And he runs into Darlene, the neighbor. And Lester starts like describing the kids saying like he's looking for his kids. Like, you know them, right? And Darlene's like, oh, yeah, they're over with um, their friend Paula at the Banaszewski house and gives Lester the address. So Lester heads on over to their house um, after Darlene gave like directions and whatnot. And Gert introduces herself once he arrives as Mrs. Wright. Lester had at this point located Betty's wife or Betty, his wife. Like I think earlier in the day, it was noted that he like had called and found out where she was. They had like reconciled their issues, I think over by phone and then agreed to once she gets out to travel across America together without the kids for whatever reason as carnies with with this carnival circuit that they had found 
Lester and Betty found sound like the most interesting fucking human beings I ever. The kids were supposed to be the ones to run away and join the circus. Like, <laughs> no, I, I know. guess not. I no. guess they just really turned that upside down. I know. <laughs> so yeah, they're like, I don't know. It doesn't really sound like like Sylvia and Jenny like really had a chance here. No, Fuck. no, that's so sad. I know. Oh, it gets so much sadder. I know. Like I can't. I part of me just wants to like end it here and be like, that's sorry that. guys, we can't we can't finish. No. <laughs> it you gotta look it up on your own don't worry i will literally give like (laughs) such a big trigger warning once we do get into this stuff because and i don't normally do trigger warnings that often but this case is like yeah gut-wrenching so lester's meeting gert chatting it up and gert floats the idea of keeping sylvia and jenny at her place as kind of like boarders like room and board this way lester and betty could travel once she got out and the girls had a place to stay it seems innocent right Mm mm-hmm so the agreement was that Lester would pay Gert $20 a week. It's noted in literally every source I could find that Lester never actually walked through the house to like inspect it and see where his daughters would be staying, which is really sad because had he walked through the house and inspected it, he would have noticed all of the following details about this desolate home. There was no stove or microwave, which, you know, that's essential for cooking food. You'd think. There was apparently only enough beds for less than half of the people who lived in this house. The only things that were in the pantry were two loaves of bread and some crackers. Oh, gosh. All of the surfaces, like I've already fucking mentioned, were covered and layered in dirt and grime. And lastly, there was only enough plates and forks and knives, like cutlery and stuff, uh, for three people. Okay. Remember, Gert lives here with her seven children. And now there's two more. And now they're adding two more young girls into the equation. And there's only enough beds in the household for less than half of the people. Which I'm imagining one of those beds is Gert's. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine Maybe so. Paula gets one. Yeah, she's pregnant. That I leaves mean, I don't know. possibly two more beds. That's For... What, nine people? This already sounds like hell. It, it really does. Already it sounds already sounds like, like hell. hell. And and we haven't even fucking started. I know. I know. Ugh. Okay. So now we're starting to slowly get into the rough stuff. I'm just like sprinkling in my warnings here and there. They're just big, big major warning. We've said it. I know we've said it before that like if you're triggered by certain things like you probably shouldn't things, be listening to this there will podcast be things on this podcast with. and whatever but when there's something major we will obviously try to warn you but like because mm-hmm. sometimes there are certain like wordings that are used that like are just way more upsetting than like reading about a regular old murder yes yeah. because some of the, the things that are done to this poor girl it's like stomach turning um okay so everything i'd read stated that this first week week and a half ish went relatively well for the girls okay and when I say that, like, there still wasn't really, like, a lot of food or beds or really. So, like, when I say relatively well, it was just, like, not torturous, really. Yeah, just in comparison to what's to come. Yeah. So, they did still attend school like normal with all of the siblings. They went to church on Sunday with all of the kids and Gertrude. But soon, when it came time to cash Lester's first check, it bounced. This pissed Gertrude off. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because it's pretty obvious, if you haven't already thought this yourself, that she only took these kids in as cash cows. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. She's not, she was not taking these two girls in to be, like, kind. No. 
No, it was not in the goodness of charity. her heart. Even he, if she he, did mean well by it, it was not. He agreed to pay her. So. Yeah, it was just for money. She's already struggling to feed her own children. Yeah, I'm picturing her thinking, "I'll take the money and like feed myself and like and some of my, my kids. kids. Maybe, maybe possibly some mm-hmm. of my kids. But these kids, I'll just chuck them to the side anyways and just take their dad's money. Like that's 100%. kind of yeah what I assumed." So when Gert realized the check had bounced, she took this out on the girls, Sylvia and Jenny, directly. Because that makes sense, right? She threw an extreme temper tantrum, like a child, and screamed out, I took care of you two bitches for nothing. Which, um, like, took care of is, like, a pretty far stretch. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I'd be saying that. You let them sleep on your floor and didn't feed them? Yeah. But, yeah, you took care of them. Um, anyways, she, uh, then she forced them to lay across her bed with their skirts and underwear around their ankles, exposing their bottom ends. And she beat their buttocks. I couldn't find if she had, like, used something. Um, yeah. One source had said that she had used a belt. Another had said she had used her hand. But she beat them. Either yeah. way, it doesn't matter. It was still violent. There were a few other instances of these types of beatings that happened over, like, few and far apart in the beginning few weeks. But it wasn't, like, alarming enough for the girls to make any kind of action at that point. Plus, it has been presumed that they were under, like, Gertrude's threat. You know, of, like, if you say anything, I'll just make it worse for you. Yeah, and where, where else can they go? They can't really go anywhere. Yeah. So they were kind of, like, strapped. Yeah. But um, one instance happened after a church gathering. Um, I guess Gert, one of Gert's children, it doesn't say which one, um, and the Lycans girls were at a church social, um, which afterwards, um, the one child who I, I do, doesn't say who had brought forward this information, but they came forward to Gertrude expressing how repulsed they were by how much food Sylvia was eating at the gathering, probably because she was fucking starving since Gert had only had enough bread and crackers for just probably herself in the house. Yeah. So I think Sylvia was like probably stuffing her face because it was probably the only time she was going to get food. Yeah. So one of the siblings was like she was being disgusting and eating like a pig. So before I get into the details of her punishment, this is a gross one. This triggered my upset stomach. (laughs) But from here on out, this is our warning. If you don't want to listen to what happens to these girls and how fucked up it gets, stop listening now and just read about it on your own time but gertrude was furious that sylvia would eat this much and ruin her physical appearance so as punishment she forcibly made sylvia eat a hot dog that had way too many condiments piled on it like way too much not just like a little bit of ketchup and mustard like a fucking pile sylvia felt sick from this and then vomited gertrude then forced sylvia to scoop up her vomit and forced her to re-devour it oh my god god yeah that like upset my stomach when i read it so disgusting and it literally only gets worse from here um the week after this incident lester and betty actually came by for a visit sylvia and jenny were instructed to not speak of the vomit incident so that so they didn't say anything to their parents while they were there for a short visit oh my god that's so sad that they were so afraid of this woman yeah that they were just paralyzed by fear. Yep. They couldn't say anything. Yep. Oh. So moving forward after Lester and Betty leave, um, there was one incident that I is noted as sparking the serious decline in Gertrude's behavior towards the girls 
And this is like what kind of spiraled the torture to like increase, Mm -hmm. which I'm pretty sure forcing someone to eat their own like vomit is like pretty fucking heinous, but it gets worse. So Gertrude had supposedly overheard Sylvia saying to her sister Jenny that she had let a boy feel her up once. Like I think like at school or something. Right. Totally normal for 16 year olds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's just like so sad. So Gertrude was someone who thought anything like this was just impure and disgusting. So she immediately went into a fit of rage and threw Sylvia to the ground and started aggressively and violently kicking her in the pelvic region repeatedly. Oh gosh. Um, it's also like noted, I didn't put it in my notes, but from what I had read, like Sylvia from this point on wasn't allowed to sit in chairs because after this she had tried to sit in a chair and Paula had thrown her to the ground and was like, you're not even worth a chair. And she was just like instructed to sit on the floor because she was this promiscuous whore, according to them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Also, wasn't Gertrude married at 16? Yep. Yep. I mean, I guess maybe in her mind, she's like, at least I was married, so I'm not impure. But like, I, yeah. I don't know. I just. Well, that is how some people do still even like view it. It's like anything oh, outside oh, of marriage, you're yes. like nasty. Absolutely. But it's like you were still getting felt up at 16. You were just married. Yeah. <laughs> so from this point on, Gertrude had actually instructed her children to use Sylvia as their own personal doll to some degree, um, to which there were no bounds of how rough they could be with her. They would push her around, beat her, push her down the stairs, and play with her like you would a doll. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Yeah. There were actually a few witnesses who had seen Sylvia with swollen, shut eyes and, like, extremely puffy lips and bruises. Uh, One witness in particular, her name comes up a few times, like, in everything I had read. I just left her out. Otherwise, again, it would be, like, five hours long. But her name's Phyllis Vermillion. Um, she actually saw this herself. She came over to borrow something from the Banashevsky house. She had asked what happened to like Sylvia over there. Like, I don't know if she knew her name, but she was like, what happened to her? Cause I guess Sylvia had like walked by mm-hmm. and was just like covered in bruises. And apparently Paula, the eldest was like, oh, do you want me to show you what happened? And grabbed Sylvia and beat the living shit out of her in front of Phyllis. Oh my and God. for whatever God forsaken reason, Phyllis never reported any of this. <sighs> And there were a few times that, like, people would, like, hear things or see things. Like, Phyllis, I think they lived right next door. And her and her husband numerous times had, like, seen or had, like, instances. Which is Never so reported anything. Atrocious. Like, I just... Like, report this shit. Can't, she's a child. She's a kid. She's a kid. She's, she's a 16. human. Yeah. Whether she's 16 or 40, you don't do that. No, like, but it's like, she's her parents have abandoned her. Like, so, someone could have helped her someone could have intervened at that point or even earlier like eh, angry this case makes me really I know angry. It it's me like so, so hard to even like yeah like talk about anything lightly but it's just like fuck it's so hard one day sylvia had taken a sweatsuit from the school because um they didn't have enough money to afford a sweatsuit for her but she needed one for gym class and when gert found out about this she of course beat sylvia and then because she was and i quote considered a sticky fingers um, she had to, she had a cure to fix this, which consisted of burning the tips of her, of each of her fingers with a lit cigarette. Oh my God. So she had all of her fingertips burnt off, which then oh. ignited the siblings, all of whom now smoked 
to put out their smokes on Sylvia's body as a constant reminder to not steal. Oh my god. So if they were having a smoke and she walked by, they would just put it out on her and put it against her skin. This girl endured like so torture. Much. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. It it gets so much fucking worse. Okay, so Sylvia and Jenny were out one night gathering soda bottles to sell for money um, to buy food and candy and stuff. Um, when they came home after this, uh, Gert accused her of being a prostitute. Don't know why. Uh, okay. She beat her and then forced her to undress and her like to fully undress in front of all of her sons and a few of the boys from the neighborhood, I guess, that were just over. Um, and then she instructed her to masturbate with one of the bottles they had brought home in front of all of the boys. The threat was that she would beat Jenny if she didn't do this. So Sylvia had to do this. Had, had Jenny at this point been sub- subjected to any of the torture that Sylvia had? Aside from Mild like beatings. The beatings, I know, which like is still... Mild beatings horrendous. and regular starvation, really. Yeah. Wow. But Sylvia got a lot of the brunt of it because she was seen as the one that was misbehaving. She was a year older. She was the one talking about the one time she got felt up. Yeah. yeah. She's she was the, the one sticky fingers. Eating at the church gathering. It just seemed like everything How dare Sylvia... She? Yeah. Ugh. So after this incident, Sylvia had kind of just zoned out and like disassociated. Which you would. You I would. Think, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. That's the only way to survive something like that. Yeah. You yeah. just go to a happy place and your mind's just off. So because of this, Gert decided that she wasn't fit to live with humans anymore. So she was moved to the basement, which uh, if anyone who's aware of this case has seen what this basement looks like, it's just like your regular cement basement with nothing in it. It's okay. just like a cold, dark place. There's no bathroom. It's just like a grimy basement that you don't want to be in. So with no toilet or anything like that, this had forced Sylvia to, over time, obviously defecate and urinate all over the floor down there with nothing to clean up with. But because Gertrude had caught on to this, she began calling Sylvia a dirty girl and that she needed to have like a cleansing routine. This routine consisted of being strapped by her hands and feet to Gert's tub and being forced into scalding hot water that would burn her skin. Oh my gosh. And then immediately after the burnings from this scalding hot water, Paula would scrub her body with salt. Oh. I know. Oh my God. That sounds so painful. So painful. Oh my gosh. And she's already got like burns on her body from the cigarettes. Already open burns all over her body. She's got bruises everywhere. She's regularly pushed down the stairs. Oh my gosh. I mean like physical pain. I know. Listening to this. And it just like, it just kind of like keeps getting worse. Yeah, I know. I know. This is like, we almost should have just not even done this case. It's so hard. It's so hard. But I feel like it's just like, it needs to be talked about because like people go through this. And I think that's like the thing people don't realize. It's like people get fucking tortured like this. If anyone's a criminal, it's this woman. Yeah. It's sickening. So during this time, uh, Gertrude actually took on uh, a personal assistant, if you will. And this was 14-year-old Ricky Hobbs from town. Ricky was an honor student from a middle-class family with no, like, previous legal trouble or anything like that. Um, But he, like, immediately experienced a sudden shift in personality upon becoming Gert's assistant. He blindly followed whatever order she gave him. 
And a lot of people speculate that um, Hobbes was actually Gert's lover. Okay. He's 14. She's in her 40s. Oof. You're getting to like Clifford Olsen territory. Yeah. So she's disgusting. Yeah. Um, the children turned Sylvia into like a kind of like a money making type thing. They would charge neighborhood children a nickel to gawk at the nude Sylvia or push her down the stairs to the basement where she was now kept not being like bathed or that's where she stayed when she wasn't being bathed or put on display. Sorry. Yeah. Um, she was kept constantly naked. Like, I don't think she ever really wore clothes. She was rarely fed. Uh, when she was allowed to eat, she would have to do it in like strange and entertaining ways for people. Oh for example, eating soup with her fingers. Oh, that's so cruel. It really is. Like, I don't know how... I mean, I'm inclined to say she was treated like an animal, but it's like, no, she was treated worse. Less like, than an animal. Uh, yeah. Like, a farm animal would be treated, like, so much better Yeah. than this girl. Yeah. It's like what you would do in, like... Okay. Have you ever played Sims? Yeah. Have you ever intentionally drowned your Sim? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has. Have you yeah. ever put them in a room with a fireplace with no doors or windows? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's you put like, them in the pool and then you take away the ladder. Yes. Yeah. Then you have their ghost haunt the house. Like yeah, that was yeah. always like the, the fun Grim Reaper person. comes. Yeah. This to me sounds like worse than what people would do in a video game to oh, people that yeah. aren't even real. <laughs> no, 1000%. Like, like it's, it's beyond what I even want to think that I, humans are capable of. Even though like, I know, I know course, humans like, are capable humans of so are much capable more of, like horrendous things. It's just in, <laughs> in everyday town in indiana like those sick fucks uh, these people that maybe other people in their community just walked by and they're like thought they were normal people and it's like actually their worst nightmare terrible yeah yeah so it just all gets so much worse oh my god frequently gertrude and her 12 year old son john would make sylvia quote-unquote clean the basement by forcing her to eat her own feces and they would give Sylvia a container in which she should collect her urine, which she was then made to drink. Yep. Holy. I know. It's just like gut-wrenching, isn't it? I just can't even think about what her body is going through as well as like, obviously the mental trauma is like unimaginable, but like, I just don't, I don't know what would happen to your body. Uh, you would deteriorate pretty quickly. Yeah. Because you're not eating regular food. And if you are, you're doing it in like a pretty animalistic way. Like, and you're not, well, you're not getting any nutrients, but you're, you're also any. eating all of the toxins and waste that your body is disposing of and yeah. you're putting it back in. Yeah. Like. It's not healthy. Oh gosh. And then on top of it, you're trying to like heal from wounds, yeah. like burns and bruises probably some fractures i'd imagine you're being pushed down the stairs oh constantly. My gosh, like yeah. she probably at no point had all of her bones intact no at this point no there was probably at least something broken at all times mm -hmm. so on october 21st gertrude instructed john uh coy who i'm not entirely sure is um and stephanie to bring sylvia up from the basement tie her to a bed telling sylvia that if she could hold her bladder through the night she would be permitted to sleep upstairs again when Gert checked Sylvia the next morning and discovered she had wet the bed, Banishevsky made her dress, then took her into the living area where she was then forced again 
to perform a strip tease for her sons and the neighborhood boys, and then again forced to masturbate with the Coke bottle. Which is just like such a insane degree of like humiliation for no, someone. Like I know. It, that's but. just like violence to like a whole other level. So when Sylvia was finished, she was allowed to dress, but only just a few moments later, Gertrude brought up Sylvia's lies that she apparently had spread. I'm not sure about Paula and Stephanie and said, you've branded my daughters, so I'll brand you. Um, there was a, a, apparently rumors that Sylvia had spread at school about Paula and Stephanie being like sluts and prostitutes. Okay. okay. Um, this was never confirmed. Was Sylvia still going to school at this point? I think so. How did like a- uh, she was in the beginning for sure. I don't know if once bruises started showing up, if they continued allowing her to go to school, because I would like to imagine that the school would intervene. I would like to imagine. Unfortunately, we've heard stories like this where like schools and teachers and things don't Think- intervene. Yeah. But I would like to imagine that if someone was showing up with like cigarette burn marks and like bruises yeah. and broken bones and like probably and, like, and probably black smelling eyes and, like yeah and just look she probably looked emancipated yeah um uh, yeah i would like to think that someone would say something but you're right maybe they just kept her home at this point i don't know that's horrifying yep um so she yells that you know you've branded my daughters and i'll brand you because apparently this rumor was just like so huge but it wasn't like it was never really confirmed that sylvia had spread rumors about the daughters So Sylvia was again forcibly stripped naked, tied down. She was gagged. While one of the Banaszewski children um, heated a sewing needle with like a series of matches. Yep. When the needle was orange, meaning like red hot, uh, Gertrude used it to carve and burn the letter I and part of the letter M into Sylvia's stomach. She then instructed Ricky Hobbs to continue carving letters to spell out the phrase I'm a prostitute and proud of it onto her stomach. Gertrude left the room, uh, this leaving Sylvia tied and gagged and naked. At this point, uh, Ricky, Paula and um, one of the 10 year old daughters, Shirley decided to give Sylvia another tattoo, an S in the middle of her chest. Um, It's noted that they were like saying they weren't sure if it was, you know, the letter S for Sylvia or the letter S for slave. And they, I guess, like made like a joke about it. Right. That night in the middle of the night, Jenny Likens, who was able to sleep upstairs. I don't think she had a bed, though. um, She was also extremely malnourished as well. Like they were both essentially starving. Yeah. I, I, I didn't read too much into Jenny's side of the story because like as as horrific as i'm sure it is sylvia's the focus here yeah not that jenny doesn't deserve her story to be told as well but maybe we'll cover jenny later but yeah jenny was able to sneak from her room to the basement to visit her sister but when she made it to the basement to see sylvia um sylvia was only able to like really talk a little bit like i think she was just so distraught like i mean she was just literally branded yeah um she said, I'm going to die. I can tell. Oh, gosh. Shortly after this visit from Jenny, Gertrude went into the basement and brought Sylvia upstairs and allowed her to sleep in one of the beds. She was allowed to sleep until noon the next day, which was now October 23rd. When Gertrude woke her, uh, 
woke Sylvia. Sorry, I read that backwards. Um, Gertrude and Stephanie took her into the bathroom and gave her a warm, soapy bath. After this bath, Gertrude and Paul addressed Sylvia and then dictated a letter to her. Um, the letter was kind of intended to look like a runaway letter to her parents. Okay. So see where we're going? Yeah, yeah. Gertrude dictated that Sylvia, like, start the letter with, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Likens. Okay. Not, like, hey, mom and dad. Hey, mom or mom and dad or mother and father or... So, and then the rest of the letter is as follows. I just copied it out, so. (laughs) I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night, and they said that they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car, and they all got what they wanted. And when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. They also put on my stomach, I'm a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything that I could to make Gertie mad, and cause Gertie more money than she's got. I've tore up a new mattress and peed on it. I have also cost Gertie doctor bills that she really can't pay and made Gertie a nervous wreck and all of her kids. She was also instructed to not sign it, like from Sylvia. So it just ends there. Okay, odd. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of like, investigators did find odds and she was instructed to begin the letter so like professionally with dear mr and mrs rather than like hey mom and dad so they found it weird that she was instructed to not sign it at all when like the beginning of the letter had such a like professional opening if you will yeah well and also like they have two daughters so uh, you know what i'm saying like how how would they know which one's writing this if you don't sign it i know Maybe, maybe that was so the bizarre. intention. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's, it is bizarre. It's, it's strange. So after Sylvia had finished writing the letter, Gertrude began formulating a plot to have John and Jenny, her own sister, take Sylvia to a nearby garbage dump and leave her there to die. When Sylvia overheard this, because she like did overhear a lot of like the stuff that was happening, she tried to run for the front door but her emaciated and mutilated state moved so slowly that Gertrude was like able to just grab her because she wasn't able to like move fast enough um, right before she reached the front door and she like dragged her back in. Oh my gosh. So once Gertrude was able to settle Sylvia down, she took her into the kitchen and made her some toast. Sylvia tried to eat it, but said she like wasn't able to swallow I, I don't know why. I think probably just maybe punches or something like that. So Gertrude thought, well, that deserves punishment, right? Uh, she took down the curtain rod in the kitchen and then beat Sylvia in the mouth with it. Oh. I know. John then took Sylvia into the basement and tied her up while Gertrude par- prepared a plate of crackers for Sylvia. When she offered the crackers to Sylvia, Sylvia replied, just feed it to the dog. It's hungrier than I am. When I got to this part, I was like, they have a fucking dog? Yeah, that's upsetting, eh? I literally, in all of my research, heard nothing about a dog until this fucking sentence. And I was just like, and there's a dog in this house. Like, there's too much going on for you, Gertrude. Like, you've you've bitten off more than you can chew, and you're turning into a fucking monster. You've already turned into a monster. She's a fucking piece of shit. So, Gertrude, I guess repeatedly punched Sylvia in the stomach before leaving her in the basement. 
On the next day, which is now October 24th, Gertrude had come into the basement and attempted to bludgeon Sylvia. I think the intent was to death. Right. First, she tried to hit her with a chair, but then missed, and it, like, broke against the wall. And then the next thing she tried was to beat her over the head with a paddle, but it had, like, swung too wide and hit her in her own face. Stop. Which, which blackened her eye. Wow. Yep. Yup. That's like just a tiniest bit of karma, I guess. Yup. That's what she fucking gets. Oh my oh, god. Only it like fucking conked her out and just killed her. I know. I mean, that would have been yeah. fucking great, but. Um, over the course of that night and into the morning hours of October 25th, Sylvia like beat the basement floor with a scoop portion of an iron shovel, I think to like make noise. Mm-hmm. Um, next door neighbors later like reported considering calling the police but this just like chose not to of course because at this point like i'd be like one of the neighbors saw them beat her in front of them and they didn't call the police so i'm not surprised they didn't call the police for the sounds of a shovel hitting the floor but like see just fucking do it like just call i'd be like hey they're making a lot of fucking noise next door can you go and check and see what's going on like they need to shut up yeah like that's the type of neighbor i'd be well, yeah. If I didn't even see abuse, I'd be like, something's happening. They're being rowdy. Get that shit under control. There's 47,000 people in there and a dog. Like, yeah. can you get this? Can and a woman I've someone? often seen beaten to shit. So. <laughs> so on October 26th, apparently, Gertrude had voiced her intentions of giving Sylvia a warm bath. <laughs> okay. Sure. All of a sudden you want to like care for her. So she says, so, um, Stephanie and Ricky had brought Sylvia upstairs and laid her in the tub fully clothed, but they took her out shortly after cause they realized she wasn't breathing. Stephanie apparently gave Sylvia CPR, but by this time, Sylvia was already dead. Oh God. I think that's all a lie. I think she had died overnight and they didn't intend to give her a warm bath. I think they're trying to sound less like monsters. Which at this point, like there's no chance of that like yeah. you're monsters so at this point gertrude had instructed the children to take sylvia's body to the basement and strip strip her naked um she then told uh ricky like the 14 year old to go to a nearby payphone and call the police when the police arrived gertrude gave them a letter she'd made sylvia like write um jenny likens like during all of the commotion went to one of the police very like sneakily and whispered get me out of here and i'll tell you everything good for her which like i can't even imagine being jenny in this moment your sister has just passed away after you watching her for weeks and weeks get like fucking tortured yeah for you to even band together a normal sentence is beyond me yeah yeah absolutely right like you've just endured hell like the worst possible hell and you're able to string like a proper word of proper line of sentences together. That's incredible. And yeah. I'm so glad she did because this statement combined with everything the police had found in the basement, including Sylvia's body prompted the officers to arrest Gertrude, like on the spot as Go well ahead. as Paula, Stephanie, John, Ricky Hobbs and Hubbard. I'm not exactly sure who Hubbard is, if that's like a nickname for one of the boys, but okay. That's what is said. Um, another neighborhood children that was there at the time, um, I believe also 
was arrested, Mike Monroe, Randy Lepper, Duke, and Cisco were arrested for injury to a person. So a lot of people got arrested, like, on the spot. Which is great. Yeah. Super great. I, again, I'm, I'm not going to go into the details of everybody else that got arrested. I'm just going to briefly cover, like, what Gertrude was arrested for and sentenced to. Maybe one day I'll cover, like, the full family's trial because it is really, like, interesting. Yeah, I bet. And it's, like, one of those, like, fucking roller coastery type things. And in the pictures of them in trial, they all look so sorry for themselves. And it's just, like, I want to literally come up and spit in your fucking face. Mm -hmm. So Gertrude was found guilty of murder in the first degree. Um and the, like the citizens of Indianapolis, they were all like really shocked because they have the death penalty, but she didn't get it. How? She, she got life imprisonment, imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So what Jesus. I, my understanding of the trial is that she kind of played the, well, I was a backseat person. Paula did everything and Stephanie did everything and passed a lot of the buck. And you're the mother and you had no control over the situation. That's hilarious. Right? Yeah. So later on, Gertrude appealed this. She was granted a new trial and was again found guilty. But this time she was sentenced to 18 years to life. Over the course of the next 18 years, Gertrude became a model prisoner, working with the sewing shop, becoming a den mother to younger female inmates. I hate reading this shit because it's just like, oh, fuck you. Like... Yeah, the only reason you're not torturing them is because you're in prison and there's guards there. And you're getting fed and you're getting everything you want. And yeah, so by the time like her parole came around in 1985, she had like earned, I guess, a prison nickname of mom. How endearing. Gosh. You fucking bitch. Um, Gertrude walked out of prison on December 4th, 1985. No. Mm-hmm. She got out? She served her sentence. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She then tra- <laughs> did, did. I know. <laughs> did any of the other children go to prison? Yes. Okay. Yes. We will cover. Maybe we will do like a bonus. Okay. Because okay. I just wasn't sure. I if it think was just her. Or- I think four of them did. Okay. I think. I think. I think the one son was um, sentenced to life. I believe. Okay. And I know Paula was sentenced to something pretty harsh as well because she had a huge role. Yeah. Um, But we will cover that. I've got it like separate. Um, So after this, she then traveled to Iowa and changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen, which is her birth name. Her middle name and her birth Birth, last name. yeah. Yeah. She then died in Iowa of lung cancer in 1990. So five years after being released. So she was just roaming around for five years but a lot of the people in her town tried to like contest it like they wrote petitions oh when she got out yeah i I mean at least glad that people were like oh people were like furious upset i mean she should yeah i'm i i really want to cover the trial because i want to understand how she was sentenced to life without parole and then got a retrial and then was given a sentence that allowed her to be set free because mm-hmm. nobody who has done things like that and has I know. encouraged her children to do. Cause you know what? Like the older children 
absolutely should have known better of course the younger children are still to blame but it's yeah. like you're to a certain extent if you're 12 years old or something and your mom's telling you to do something like that seems normal to you yeah and again it doesn't excuse anything it's just yeah it's her fault oh it is 100 percent. it's fault. her fault you know so ugh. yeah that's horrific yeah and that's so that's so upsetting that I she know. that someone who's done those things was allowed to roam free i mean yeah five years because her body probably just couldn't fucking take it anymore yeah she was like you said just smoking like a chimney and yeah. i yeah. don't know just i wouldn't be surprised if she was on some sort of drugs at some point like yeah it just well, wouldn't surprise uh, that is a me. claim that gets made is that she was on drugs but we'll cover that in a trial episode oh, i think sure. but i mean i just wouldn't be surprised if her body just like gave out was just like you're done yep <laughs> well she got lung cancer so yeah it does happen a lot where we cover cases where like the murderer ends up with some kind of really violent cancer and i'm always like okay let's at least it happens get. to like, bad people too I yeah guess. i mean it needs to stop happening to the good people oh, i wish i wish it could only happen to the bad people that's what i'm saying yeah can we just like develop a cancer that's only for bad people <laughs> and then get rid of all the other kinds because that would be pretty fucking cool yeah right yeah I that's i'm right I, who wants to sign my petition <laughs> we're just gonna get rid of this would work scientifically but you know what we'll figure it we'll out figure it out it's just one of those we'll things where I'm you're sure right I, when you hear like a someone like that like clifford olsen as well right they get yeah. cancer and they die it's like well yeah, it's I like mean, the only times that you're like good well it's i think with clifford olsen was <laughs> you where you're like i hope it hurt yeah oh like, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i hope it hurt for her i hope well because like lung cancer is like notorious for being pretty painful is it okay yeah I mean, I if, guess if it's untreated really hard to breathe yes like if it goes untreated yeah it can be extremely painful <laughs> and i feel like would she even have money for treatment probably not no you're in so. prison you don't get money do you no i don't think, I don't so. think so also fuck her like just yeah, fuck her i just oh what i hope those last five years of her roaming quote unquote free were just like awful i hope people like ridiculed her i hope people found her i hope people threw feces at her <laughs> i'd be like if if i was around in that time and i like knew she was out you can bet your fucking bottom dollar i would have been like hey gertrude and just like <laughs> fucking like egged her wiped my ass on her nose yeah yeah like just she just like didn't deserve to live any no. life after that so i hope whatever life she did get for those five years yeah. was horrible she deserved yeah. nothing yeah oh well i am sorry to everybody that this i know case, this case makes me so angry so angry every now and then there is going to be a case where it's extremely hard for us to make yeah. it like light and jokey so uh, i am apologizing if you came on listening to like try to have a laugh with us today it's just really hard to it's make really jokes hard. about like certain things and a lot of like i know you're like oh maybe i shouldn't have done. a lot of podcasts do this case so it's it, it is one of the bigger ones just because of how like absolutely atrocious it is mm -hmm. well and that's why i wanted to cover it is because yeah i had never heard about it before until i started like looking into things and i was like we need to cover it because i don't think a lot of people know about mm -hmm. this case and it just it raises so many points about like spousal abuse like you know abuse to children you know torture victimization like it's just yeah and now <sighs> you can maybe understand why becky and i have not watched the movie there's a movie called an american crime mm -hmm. um about this and there's a lot of extremely famous actors in it too but yeah yeah and um i i'm terrified i'm terrified to watch it because mm -hmm. 
Even one of my favorite actresses is in it. And yeah. And just hearing it is like horrifying enough. I, I, I can't, can't imagine it playing out on film. No. I'm almost shocked that like there was even a movie made about it. Not that it's wrong or anything. Like I'm not saying that. It's just, I'm, sh- I'm shocked that someone wanted to take that on. Yeah. You know? Um, and what was the uh, book called oh, that you yes. read? So I will add it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book that I got a lot of my information from, it just kind of covers like the in-between like nitty gritty details. Yeah. A lot of the information comes from, I believe, Jenny herself. Okay. So I think the author had like talked to her quite a bit. Um, but it's called Torture Mom by Ryan Green. And it's actually like a pretty like fast read. Like it's yeah. short. It, uh, yeah, it looks relatively short. It's just... Appropriate name as well. <laughs> well, she is called the Torture Mother, so... And that's, that is her on the front. Like when I first got the book, I thought this was like, um, like a, a drawing. Right. Yeah. So I was like, like, oh, that can't be a real person, but no, that's fucking her. her. Yeah. Terrifying. Bitch. So. Well, you know. If anyone wants to brave the movie and let us know. Yeah. Seriously. If anyone's seen it or anything, like what's his face? James Franco's in it. James Franco's in it then Catherine Keener one of my like favorite actresses is in it then Ellen Page now oh, Elliot, Elliot Page, Page yeah what is in it um there's someone else too I think oh there's there there was a yeah. few names when I saw it I was like what the f-? yeah if anyone has seen it I would really appreciate even like let me know like if if you're sort of give me a warning <laughs> yeah give me a warning if it's like oh it's super graphic like you don't want to watch it if that really disturbed you or if it's like there's a lot of things that are implied, but yeah. they don't. Because, again, you just never know. There's a lot of ways to do a case like that, like, from a director's perspective. Yeah. I just have no idea how someone, again, how they went about it. So that's yeah. why I'm just like, I'm just better to just not. I'm just going to Because I don't want to get halfway through the movie and be like, I have to turn this off because I'm going to puke. Like, yeah. So, yeah, if someone's seen it, let us know. <laughs> yeah. So, again, apologies for being so heavy. Next week, we do have a much lighter case. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think we've got a good rhythm though, where we're doing like some serious and then light and then. Yeah. And, and honestly guys, like, let us know, like we said, like, these are all cases that are covered a lot. They're on all podcasts, true. So they're all true crime. So it fits with the bill, but you know, if, if that's something where you're like, that was not, I didn't want to hear yeah. that. Of course we're giving disclaimers and things like that. You don't have to listen to every episode or. Oh yeah. If you need to skip or over for this ones one. that you do really like just message us and be like more of that i love that yeah we um, won't take offense we like, want to hear from you so so yeah yeah all right so yeah go on and sign on up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who also love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed and if you ever want to chat connect or anything like that you can always send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or dm us or comment on our posts on instagram at how to not get killed mm-hmm. you're in charge of in, uh twitter oh yes twitter gotta add that in at i wish i could be reading it right now at h two n g k no no that's that can't be right how to not get oh you were right i'm so sorry the two fucked me up (laughs) it's okay i'm like i'm trying to visualize in my mind i'm like no 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 that was right i think that was right i need to be reading it but yes it's it's the initials how to not get killed but instead of a t it's a number two numerical two um 
So that's our Twitter. Yeah, twat so, us on there. <laughs> Twitter, that's, that's like my tweet, new thing. Twit us on there. Yeah, twit us, yeah. Give us a twit. Um, and rate and review us. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Do that That'd because be it awesome. really helps us. Yeah. I like reading the reviews. Like when I do, it makes me chuckle because oh, a lot of you guys say yeah. some really funny shit about us. Yeah, I like that. I love it too. Yeah, like Just love my it. my one friend, my one knitting friend, Peyton. She was like, "Yeah, Becky and Haley aren't trash." Yeah, love that. And I was like, I was like, thank you. You're allowed to give us compliments like that. You can give us really backhanded backhanded, compliments, but they're funny because we—that's our sense of humor. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what? Insult me. (laughs) Just don't give us a one-star rating. A five-star only, but you can just say whatever you want. But you just say whatever you want. Oh, great. I feel like that'll be like the code for like, this is sarcastic. It's a five-star rating, but I'm going to just trash you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's a code for just our listeners. Anyone Looking for our podcast. (laughs) Looking into it. Why do they have all these five-star reviews but terrible comments? But these are awful reviews. (laughs) They'll only get it once they start listening. Yeah. 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 That's true. Got to be part of the cult. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, keep it sleazy. You gotta say, you gotta say bye. Bye.